This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Friday, November 19th. Brought to you by Watkinson Miller at Dairy Management Incorporated. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. House delays vote on Build Back Better. Roundup verdict. And Tester seeks to ban Brazilian beef. House delays the Build Back Better vote uh, until later this morning. House Democrats, who were poised to pass the $1.7 trillion Build Back Better bill last night, decided to recess until this morning after House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy took the floor to speak and kept talking until well past midnight. House Majority Leader Steny Hoyer's office said the House would reconvene at 8 o'clock Eastern Time, resume the consideration of the social spending plan, which contains $82 billion in ag spending. The bill has the support of environmental groups who like its $27 billion and new conservation funding, including $5 billion for a five-year program that would give farmers $25 an acre to plant cover crops. The American Farm Bureau Federation has opposed the measure, saying the massive amount of spending and tax increases required to pay for the plan outweigh the gains we would see in rural America. You can read more at www.agripulse.com. Roundup verdict award stands after California High Court rejects Bayer appeal. The California Supreme Court has let stand an $86.7 million award to a couple who claimed exposure to Roundup caused their non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Alva and Alberta Pelliod were originally awarded over $2 billion, which was reduced by a state court judge. The, on Tuesday, the California Supreme Court denied Monsanto's request for review of the appellate court decision upholding the verdict. Bayer, which bought Monsanto in 2016, is asking the U.S. Supreme Court to take up a separate case involving similar legal issues, specifically whether federal pesticide law trumps state law failure to warn claims. Bungie announces greenhouse gas reduction targets. Bungie has released science-based targets to reduce greenhouse gas emissions, an effort that depends in large part on its pledge to achieve deforestation-free supply chains by 2025. The company will make significant enhancements across its global operations, promote decarbonization throughout regenerative farming practices, and enhance shipping and logistics to achieve those targets, Bunkie said. Specifically, uh, the company said it would reduce emissions of Scope 1 and to greenhouse gas by 25% by 2030, using 2020 as a baseline. Scope 3 emissions would be reduced 12% to 2030. Scope 1 covers direct emissions, Scope 2 indirect emissions from purchased energy, and Scope 3 all other indirect emissions in a company value chain. Some early praise, well, investors said they're pleased with the targets. We applaud the company for its decision to pair their non-deforestation policy with a science-based emissions reduction commitment, according to a spokesman for the California Public Employees Retirement System. We'll have more AgriPulse Daybreak after this.
Dairy Management Incorporated serves America's 34,000-plus dairy farmers and dairy importers by managing research and marketing programs aimed at promoting dairy consumption and protecting the good image of dairy farmers, dairy products, and the dairy industry. Funded entirely by dairy farmers, DMI has distinguished itself as a strategic consultant and valuable resource to businesses and organizations in the food and beverage sector that seek to increase sales and raise their image through the innovative use of dairy and dairy ingredients. Welcome back to AgriPulse Daybreak. Mexican president calls for more integration of North America. Mexico was also being hit hard by congested ports, but a better integrated North America could go a long way toward alleviating supply chain disruptions. Mexican President Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador said yesterday during his visit to the White House. Obrador stressed that if economic integration is strengthened throughout North America, job opportunities will be created to promote growth throughout North America without having to depend on imports. We need to produce and manufacture in North America whatever we need. Senator Tester introduces bill to ban Brazilian beef. The fact that it took Brazil more than two months this summer to report two cases of bovine spongiform encephalopathy has raised concerns in the U.S. that Brazil's food safety system just can't be trusted when it comes to beef. Montana Democratic Senator John Tester announced last night that he has introduced a bill to ban Brazilian beef until a panel of experts agree that trade could resume. Folks expect their beef to have been rigorously tested against the strictest of standards and concerns about Brazilian imports not only jeopardize consumer trust, but present a serious risk to Montana producers, Tester said in a statement. We owe it to our domestic producers and consumers to halt Brazilian imports until we can guarantee their beef and reporting standards are making the grade. U.S. posts strong week for beef and pork export sales. Net sales of U.S. beef and pork to foreign buyers were particularly strong for the week of November 5th to the 11th. That according to the latest weekly trade data released by the USDA's Ford Agriculture Service. China stands out with very large purchases of almost 14,000 metric tons of U.S. beef for that seven-day period. That helped to push total net sales for the week to 25,500 tons, a 23% increase over the previous week and a 58% increase over the prior four-week average. Mexico was the big buyer for the week when it comes to pork. Mexican buyers purchased almost 17,000 tons of U.S. pork, pushing total net sales to 25,000 tons. U.S. data showed no pork sales to China for the week. USDA began sending new pandemic aid checks to poultry growers. The USDA is beginning the process of sending out $270 million in aid to poultry growers as a part of its pandemic assistance for producers initiative. We'd listen to feedback from producers and stakeholders about impacts across livestock and poultry operations and made updates to be more equitable in the assistance we delivered, said Farm Service Agency Administrator Zach Ducheneau. 
for contract producers. This meant expanding eligibility and providing flexibility, such as considering 2018 or 19 revenue when calculating payments and accounting for contract producers who increased the size of their operation in 2020 or were new to farming when the pandemic hit. U.S. rice exports to Colombia fall off sharply. The U.S. exported a paltry $5 million worth of U.S. rice to Colombia in the first nine months of the year, that according to new USDA analysis. It's a major disappointment after years of very large exports following the free trade agreement reached by the two countries in 2012. The U.S. sold just $3 million worth of rice to Colombia in 2011, the year before the FTA was initiated. In 2012, after a new tariff rate quota was put in place, U.S. sold $57 million worth of rice to Colombian buyers. But larger Colombian production, falling prices for domestic crops, and increased competition from South American producers, slashing Colombian demand for U.S. grain. Well, that's Daybreak for this Friday, November 19th, brought to you by Watkinson Miller and Dairy Management Incorporated. And don't forget, next week we will see Daybreak take a break, and we'll be back for you on Monday the 29th. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., you can still visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Alley.